And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Monday. Gary. How are you? Well, you know, I'm just thinking that, you know, there's a big election coming up here in 2024, and, you know, and things are extremely serious. So could we, you know, to, to Republicans in Congress, look, just consider this. No necking in movie theaters for a while, okay? Uh, is, is Was that necking what they were doing? I just wanted to use that term since I haven't used that term probably since I was a senior in high school. I think the new Which, term is groping. Groping. <laughs> I'm thinking of, I don't know why, but when I, when the Bobert story came out last week, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know why I went back to happy days when when Richie was a uh, movie theater usher with the flashlight. Yeah. And he's supposed to stop anybody from necking, and there's Fonzie up in the balcony. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah, uh, it, you know, here's the thing. If you want to behave like uh, a Democrat, then lie about it like a Democrat, then switch parties. Otherwise, just get out. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, um, you know, I, we've never been fans of Boebert to begin with. Well, and, and this seals the deal. Yeah. This seals the deal. There's sorry, you can't make an excuse here. Yeah, stop being children. And and then if, trying to lie about it and then, yeah. you know, doing the well, but she's going through a difficult divorce when they get caught lying because there's cameras. Get out. I hope the people of her district realize she's worthless. Get out. She has no place. Serves no role. Don't need children serving anymore. No. I, if you want to behave like that, then fine, whatever. Uh, that's on you. But no, absolutely not. And you for, know, she, and for the Democrats, no porn. Yeah, exactly. For, the, for that you state know, rep. Because if, if you read this and you were to attach um, 
the name of a, a, a Democrat to that story, you'd go, oh, well, yeah, of course. So you want to behave that way, go ahead. Switch parties if you want to continue to serve. But I hope people of her district vote her out. I hope she's done. There's zero place for people like that in the Republican Party. Primary her. Yep. Get out. Somebody needs to primary her. Remember, she didn't win by a huge margin last time. she barely won last time. And I don't, I'm hoping it doesn't go well for her next time. I'm hoping she's done. Well, I don't want a Democrat to win it. No, I, I, I certainly primary. don't. But, you know, it's interesting because they were they were doing the breakdown of that district. And the a lot of the districts, uh, including a couple of districts that surround our studios, <laughs> you know, have, have turned blue. And it's because of the migration of people. But in her district, uh, the same thing. It's It's... It happens quite a bit, and those are those are the things you can't change. Um, but what you can control is your own behavior. What you can do is try and earn it. What you can do is show to your constituents that you care about the issues and also that you're going to represent them in a way that is meaningful and thoughtful and not like that of some Teenager, but I got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm reluctant to say teenager because you'd have to go back to our days last time teenagers were behaving like that. Now teenagers will barely text each other, <laughs> let alone grope each other in a theater. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just uh, and yeah, it does. But well, that's her personal life <clears throat> has has. Will it affect in a close race? Can it affect the race? Should a Republican politician, Democrats may not care about it, but should Republicans care about the fact that when you are in a district where, well, in any district, that you know that your personal actions or public actions, because that was in public. Yes. can yeah, affect, that's, that's not her personal can, life can, when she carries it into can, public. Right. Can it can affect... Uh, whether people view you as actually being serious about getting things done. Nope. Nope. It'd be one thing if she were only uh, making a little too much noise, laughing a little too loud. Yeah. That's not what was going on there. That's what led to the complaint, uh, that and the vaping. I don't know what kind of arrogance leads you to do or how much you have um, ingested. And and then if it's true that she said, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am at that point? Mm -hmm. Get out. Yep. Get out. We're all learning exactly who you are now. We're in in serious times now. We need serious people. Yep. Yep. If you're going to behave that way, and this is, you know, this is, we said it. Back when, you know, the the, the posing with the guns and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with that if I believe that that is who that person is. I just didn't buy it for whatever reason back then. But it was, you know, I was willing to go, "Eh, not a fan of that because it looks like posing when people do it. 
but it can be different depending on who you are and your experience in life. And if, you know, I mean, when back with Sarah Palin, you know, there were pictures of her uh, all the time as governor of Alaska. And then after that, uh, uh, you know, doing lots of things outdoors. Well, she lives in Alaska. You pretty much have to do everything but sleep outdoors. And and it, so it fits, you know, the profile. It fits the person and who they are. But there was something about the posing when Bobert was doing, and it was like, eh, you and I just kind of raised our eyebrows. It was no big deal at the time. But it shows now that she wasn't serious, and she isn't. Well, no, I, as I've always stated, uh, if... If, if you're going to be in politics now, if you're going to be a Republican right now at this time in history, and it, and it probably, you know, I'm going to look at this time in history right now, you've got to convert independence. You have to. Right. You don't have independence, you don't win. Right. Imagery matters. Yep. How you present yourself matters. Yep. And if you don't care about it, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I'm already as Second Amendment as you can get. Mm-hmm. So nobody needs to preach to me the converted. Right. I'm already the converted. Right. What I always worry about, because I believe that was a Christmas card she sent out with the entire family Mm -hmm. having guns. Well, Mm -hmm. if you're already a Second Amendment advocate, you're okay with it. Mm -hmm. But I would rather explain to people, because you know what's happened? Crime explains to people. And that's why women and minorities are, you know, getting guns, Uh, you know, to me. It, it's not about I, – I am as – like I said, you and I have been a Second Amendment as you could possibly get. Yeah. But I don't want to boast through imagery something that may turn off an independent that I can grab. I don't have to give up my beliefs – but how I promote my beliefs is important. Look, you know, if, it, you, if you, yeah, if you attend, if you attend an event, uh, and you're promoting that event, and and it's part of, you know, supporting the issue and everything else, I get it. Where it, where it actually means something, I get it. But where it comes off as posing, in order, uh, you know, to to patronize, it's, you know, it it frankly just doesn't doesn't work for me you know and with these latest events it shows she's not serious i i if you look at the very slim margin by which she won this last round my mindset would be okay i've won but now's the time to go to work now's the time for me to get down to it as to why so many of my constituents didn't vote for me yeah I need to know that. I need to somehow make an attempt to connect with them. I need to earn their vote the next time, and every single day well, is going to be spent no, doing that. No, you, you know what? But you know what the point is there? As a and, and again, this is how we look at it. As if we're political consultants, how do you win? Because you can be the most conservative person on the planet. If you don't win, doesn't mean anything. Right. Just ask Mitt Romney. <laughs> well. We we can question the conservative credentials there, I believe. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, that's, that's where and the so, humor lies. And so she didn't change her opinion on anything. 
No. She didn't change her opinion from when she was first elected to the last time where it was so incredibly close. It went, what, weeks Mm -hmm. afterwards? Right. At that point, I'd be examining and saying, is it my image that's losing people? Right. And if it is, I need to take this seriously. You know, this we're not in high school anymore. You're a congress. You're a a uh, a, uh, a member of Congre- Congress representing. You know, people who wish to put you know put forth, you know, the conservative message that you're putting forth. And she had a lot more votes the first time than the second time. So if she didn't change her opinion on the issues. What affected that? You know, I go back to the same thing of of when the memes came out about Trump, you know, and and uh, after the uh, election where people would say, oh, you know, you probably regret you. You regret it now, but he had mean tweets and you didn't like the mean tweets. And now you got stuck with Biden instead of looking at the other way. If I'm a political consultant, don't do the mean tweets what is you it can, that's turning people off? Right. How do I earn votes? Right. And with Trump, where he's st- well, I don't know where he stands on the issues now <laughs> over the past couple of days, maybe mm-hmm. turning some people off. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, Trump, as we said on the issues, is a moderate. Mm-hmm. And so what changed people on him? That's the question you have to ask if your goal is to win. Well, and, you know, I thought about it over the weekend. I thought, you know, you compare Boebert to like an AOC. AOC would never have been in that situation because, number one, she never would have sat in the 18th row for any show. Ew. It's, But you look at it because the first thing that hit my mind was that if it were a Democrat, I could see the media going, yes, but that's, you know, they were just being, it would have been written very differently. The couple who was seen being playful, that's how they would have written it for a Democrat. You don't behave that way and get to keep your job. And I hope I'm right about that. I don't want a Democrat to win. I'd like a strong conservative to come in and represent that district and many others in this country. Don't ask me who that would be, because I don't know. Because I don't know how many strong conservatives are actually left. What did we count on Capitol Hill one time? One in in three quarters? Well, I mean, you, you, uh, you, this is one of the things that I was thinking over the weekend you know, when you see, uh, you know, Trump on the abortion issue, I mean, that was a joke. He needs to mm. shut up on that kind of stuff. Well, well it, I can solve it. I can solve it. It makes both sides happy. No, you can't. No, you can't. And this is not. And and, and, and you talk about the horrible timing. This is quite that was quite the opposite of 2016. When he was talking about a, a illegal immigration in 2016, the timing was right because so many things were in the headlines and so many issues were on the table regarding illegal immigration. This is the worst timing to bring that up and try and try and pretend like you can appease both sides. Number one, I don't know why you would want to do that. Well, you had you had that you had, you know, his uh, was it uh, on with the Megyn Kelly on the transgender issue. Hmm. 
Uh, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Be like be like Gronk, the former tight end for the when he, when he was asked uh, here in the last couple of days, would you think men should be playing women's sports? No, no. And on the 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 fact that he was hemming and hawing on that one, and then you take his ten percent tariffs on everything coming in. Mm. That's a Bernie Sanders position. Well, Bernie and, Sanders, and I remember have, Bernie Sanders said it. Yeah. Back said someone and, asked him, Do you agree with the tariffs? And he says, which, Yes, I agree. I agree with Mr. Trump on the tariffs. Which which means I have to ask this question. If Trump if you knew Trump had the opinions of a liberal Bernie Sanders, would you still vote for him? Well, yeah, if you could take so if you took the names out of it and then wrote where they stand on the issues mm-hmm. and vote for the candidate, which one would you end up voting for? Well, the 10% tariffs is a Bernie Sanders position. Yep. On the abortion, it's like that was a, I really don't want to comment on that. I, I'm i going to make something up mm-hmm. that I, I can please both sides on the abortion issue. I, when I heard that, I burst out laughing. I just went, stop it. Right. Yeah, there's there that's there is and, and, that's and, not a negotiation. And on the transgender issue, it went back to when he ran uh, the the last time. Remember the whole thing about uh, would you allow men to use uh, you know women's restrooms in Trump Tower? Mm-hmm. And he said you know yeah. And then he used the excuse, well, it wasn't a big issue back then. Yeah, it was. We were talking. Oh, about actually, it. it was a huge issue. A huge issue back then. We'd been talking about it for a long because time. because in the field of issues at that time, nothing else rose to that level. That was right. actually, for a while, that was the issue. Yeah, because that was the bathroom issue. Yes. And that was a huge issue. Exactly. And ba- and Remember, that was the first time right. Target had to do a turnaround. Yep. We got a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
It's Friday Radio, and he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm, I'm sorry, but I... <laughs> Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson announced that his administration is exploring a city-owned grocery store or stores as a means of promoting equitable access to food because stores are closing down yeah, because of the right. crime. Yeah. Though the plan has drawn criticism from skeptics of a government-owned and operated store. <laughs> well, tell me oh tell me that that those who who take directly from the shelves without paying in a blatant fashion wouldn't look at that opportunity and say, "Well, I'm a taxpayer. This right. is you can't arrest me anyway. I'm a taxpayer." Right. This is my stuff anyway. I'm glad you said that because that was the first question. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Aren't you then by opening up a government grocery store? If it's funded if, by the taxpayer. Right. If if you're allowing shoplifting of private yeah. property. Then you should expect it well, to be the case here. I'm a shareholder, y'all. I pay my taxes. I pay my taxes. Give me some food. All Chicagoans deserve to live near convenient, affordable, healthy, healthy grocery options. Uh-huh. Well, stop the damn crime. Right. No, they blame the private sector at every turn. <laughs> they won't put in new stores. They're moving out. Well, we'll do something about it. Oh, I'm sure that's going to work. Oh. <laughs> wow. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So, yeah, when uh, just when, and I'm not just talking about the Meet the Press interview with uh, with Trump or the Megyn Kelly uh, uh, interview. Um, I mean, it's 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 everything that's happened over the last couple of days. I don't think I don't think Trump knows where to go. I I sense I could be completely wrong, but I sense he has seen internal polls, and just like the Democrats believe that Biden can't win, Trump is questioning not whether he can win the nomination, but whether he can win the general. Well, it's and, it, and, here's and what it seemed and, like, but, yeah. but 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 but, I, but there was confusion because for him to come out and say the whole stolen election thing was. His idea, not the lawyers, mm-hmm. because that was a thing. It was the lawyers that was telling him, and he's coming out and saying no. First thing I thought of was, does that make him now liable in a Smartmatic or Dominion suit? <laughs> you know, if Now, he didn't say specifically about that, but I went, whoa, is that opening it up? Is that opening it up now to Trump? Because it wasn't really Trump that was talking about Smartmatic and Dominion. That was his lawyers. Mm-hmm. 
and his lawyers are being sued for that. Right. And yeah. so when it comes to Smartmatic and Dominion, I'm talking about the civil lawsuit there, because mm-hmm. that's the first thing I thought. I go, oh, he's getting close to opening him, himself up now, uh, you know, to liability uh, there. But on everything else, on abortion, the transgender movement, on 10% tariffs that he had come out with, which is a Bernie Sanders position, I'm thinking to myself, he's confused. He doesn't know where to go. Well, there are a couple of things. Uh, while we were on vacation, uh, it, it hit me that there really is, if you look at it right now, there would have to be a monumental shift with the Republican Party for him not to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is right now, it feels like we're already past Super Tuesday in that regard, just because the polls are so heavy in his favor. So if nothing shifts there, he's the nominee. So what I'm wondering is, to add to your point, if they've looked at the internals going, there's no way you're not going to be the nominee, but here's your brick wall. Your brick wall is the general. And this is where, right now, you have to start turning that. You have to start winning over the independents, which either party has to do. That's the only way you get to the White House is if they're on your side. And they're trying to figure out, or he's trying to figure out, how to do that. I don't know what the internal polling shows, but it doesn't matter. The wide polling shows that he'll be the nominee, but independents aren't with him at this point. And how do you win those over? Well, on on the, the abortion issue, it looked like, just go uh, each topic at a time, mm. On the abortion issue, it looks like he's trying to, because as we, well, first off, as we stated before, the American public on abortion uh, and and the discussions that I've had since uh, uh, Dodd, the Dodds decision mm-hmm. is exactly where I, I think he's thinking the American public is. And as we have stated before, uh, or I, I've stated before, every interview I've done with a liberal who was pro-abortion and every one of them was a woman. And every one of them said, it's my body. Don't tell me what to do with my body. And I said, fine, then you are for abortion till birth. Well, no, no, no. Not one of them said they were for abortion till birth. Mm-hmm. None of them. You see how terrified the Democrats are to talk about abortion till, you know, till birth. Right. They've been, that's been a, actually a huge story the last couple of weeks. They won't answer the question. Nobody will do it because America is not for abortion till birth and we said well that's the problem that democrats are always going to have on on abortion is the fact that all those arguments go away it can't be right the it, that it, the it's my body argument goes away if you say well no just to the second trimester and that was the majority of women that use that that was the that was their argument it's my body don't tell me what to do with my body Okay, fine, then you're for abortion till birth. Well, no. No, no, that's immoral. Why? Do you believe that at some point then that the the uh, the, the fetus or the mass of cells, however you wish to describe it, becomes a human being? Well, yes. Well, then it's not about your body. You've just admitted. You've just admitted that there comes a point where if it's a human being inside you, mm-hmm. you don't get to make that decision anymore. So it's not about your body. 
and I got the blank stare. Mm-hmm. And I got, angry. well, you know, you're just a talk. I actually got that one. You're just a talk show host, and, and, and you know how to argue these things. Well, no. I'm like, like I was doing a calculus problem or something. I was like, no, this isn't that hard. <laughs> and, and so, as we have stated, the American public does not believe in abortion till birth. They believe that a uh, that uh, a a fetus becomes a human being sometime while the baby's in the womb. The majority of people they just can't figure out what it is. Yeah, they just don't know what it is, and I think that's where probably Trump is going. But you're never going to convince either side to agree and say, you know, whatever the, it would be. Well, 11 weeks. I'm just throwing that number out. Mm-hmm. Why 11 weeks? It's an arbitrary number. You know, when does life begin? And that's always the question. And that's what the Supreme Court said. We can't decide what life is. The American public needs to do it. Well, the American public, the majority, knows that it becomes a life believes it becomes a life inside the womb, they just don't know when. Right. And then the Democrats don't want to set a time limit ever on that, which is why they won't set a time limit on that. Yep. Individual people will when right. you meet them, right. even if they're liberal, but the Democratic Party can't do that. So I believe that's where Trump is trying to figure it out, but there's confusion, I believe, in there. When he said... I'll find I'll find a spot where everybody is happy. Well, I just sorry I burst out laughing. Well, you you there, know that's there, not the that, case. Well, and that spot really doesn't exist, which is why they don't take this up on Capitol Hill, right? And on the transgender movement, when he was hemming and hawing on that, and actually said, "Well, you know, they're saying that there's uh, you know some ways that men can get pregnant." Mm-hmm. It's like shut up. What are you doing? Well, I mean, it's just like just... and 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 there's something where. Uh, your, I guess, your biggest threat, if there is a threat to him right now in the primary, is Ron DeSantis, and it's, and he's very clear on the liberal right. transgender movement. There's there's no question on that, and that's one of those issues that you could lose people in the primary on. But on the, you know, and on the other one, the 10% tariffs on all products coming into the country, mm-hmm. I think you'll get a ton of Republicans because Republicans aren't, so many Republicans are not capitalists anymore. Mm. So many Republicans buy into the populist socialism of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, our guy can manipulate an economy to success better than the other side. I'm curious to see where. Uh, the farmers are on that. Look, when he was at the, um, when he was in Iowa the other day, man, the crowd response was huge. But I'd love to see the poll where the farmers are on that. And those farm states on terrace, they know they lived through it. And they were screaming, we don't want the government money. We want our trade routes reestablished. That's what we want. And we don't want a threat to those in the future. And that's exactly what that would be. Now, well, to right. to anybody, any producer in America that exports. And when it comes to economic things, as we know, Trump's economic advisors were at first 
very protectionist. Mm -hmm. When he got into office, very protectionist. Mm -hmm. He got blowback. Next thing you know, you've got Steve Moore as one of his advisors. You've got Larry Kudlow. All of a sudden, he put in two huge capitalists in there and ended up, even though he promoted that NAFTA was that NAFTA was gone and completely reshaped uh, by USMCA, it wasn't. No, it was almost all the same. And as we have stated, the parts that he were that he actually promoted on auto parts made it more expensive to produce auto parts in North America. I'm like, wow, that's the part he's promoting is the part that he wanted that makes automobile parts more expensive to make in Mexico, United States, and Canada. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was the same. But we see now that's all coming. That's actually doesn't even matter anymore with the EV thing now. Because the EV thing is just destroying well, is destroying everything. And we'll get to the automobile strike mm. here in a little bit. And I saw the, you know, the Democrats and populists, you know, the only thing they were talking about is the CEO's got uh, raises way more than. It's like, that's not the point. That's not the point. Well, it, it, there, it doesn't matter. You could take all that money back. How far is that money going to go? Is it going to make the companies profitable? And how far would it go if you took if you took a hundred percent of the CEO salaries and spread it out over all all of the workers? Really, how far would that go in making the company stable and profitable? That's the look, question. Trump's never going to put a ten percent tariff on all products coming in from everywhere in the country. That can't happen. That no, won't happen. No. Uh, but the fact that he's promoting that, which is a Bernie Sanders opinion. Mm-hmm. And we stated this before. We did this in 2016 and got, you know, criticized for it. But it's like, hey, <laughs> well, Bernie Sanders is right on that one. Yeah, right. Well, there's a reason it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Because you're not going to, you're, you're not. You'll never get a consensus. Well, you won't even get well, close to it. And and automatically increasing inflation 10% is not mm-hmm. something that, <laughs> that's going to do any good for your administration or while, Republicans in the future. While, while uh, uh, throwing a massive, massive, massive uh, hit to uh, domestic production and exports. Oh yeah, it, I mean it yeah. would be yeah. it would be catastrophic if you if you were able to get that done, which is again again why it's never going to happen. But that's why you and I talked about over the weekend, you know, with the Democrat stuff going on and with the Republicans, it was like one of those frustrating weekends where we were just like, "Oh man, is anybody focused?" Yeah, is anybody focused on anything? You've got all of these things on the table that Joe Biden is delivering for you in your message. Yeah. How about you do that? Point that's all you have to do. Point. Been saying yeah. it for it years. Was, it was a frustrating weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the hour, the media fact-checking Republicans on the impeachment inquiry questions. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this. This is MSNBC. This is a banner that they had up about President Biden claim, the claim from Republicans. The president lied to the American people about his knowledge of his family's foreign business. Fact check. It's unclear whether the president purposely misled the public about what he knew when he said that his son Hunter did not make a profit in China. Hunter has since admitted that he did. Yeah. The guy who lies constantly. Oh, there's no evidence he purposely did that. Uh huh. So okay. so so now it's I mean, this is this is a wall they're trying to set up. And as we said, the, the, the what they're communicating is the entire Biden family was corrupt and Joe didn't know it. Yeah. Right. His entire family. By the way, some Republican has to say that because we've been stating that that's what they're communicating now. I, I don't know that how the, that hasn't been the case. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, you, because the, the day it was announced there was a special prosecutor on Hunter the liberals and the liberal media went and and basically said, "See, this is not about the president; it's about Hunter and the rest of his family." family. Right? Everybody was involved in making money. If you're carving out Hunter, you have to carve out all of them in the family that received money. Period. Yeah, because they're all a part of what Hunter was doing and now there's an admission from the left that hunter was making money that it was the illusion of influence peddling or the illusion of access Mm -hmm. you know somebody i think it was john solomon talked about the illusion of access he goes but there was access there was no illusion of access it was there we've always said the illusion of of the um of um influence peddling Mm -hmm. but the the Democrats are now to the point that yes, Hunter did this and Hunter was wrong, but it was all an illusion. Well, no, I mean, that's what was, Goldman. They said. got access, right? Yeah, right. But, but they got access. But the so, but they're at the point now where Joe was walled off from all the corruption of everybody right. in his family. Right. That's what they're actually communicating. The family guy right. doesn't know anything about anybody in his family. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Of course, I had to check out the Babylon Bee headlines. Oh yeah, what do you got? Democrats scrambled to find replacement for retiring Mitt Romney. I love it. Yeah, that one came out like a, a it was like a day after 
uh, he announced. I know, that was funny. <laughs> White House says there is no direct evidence that Hunter Biden actually exists. I wrote, I, uh, I wrote my own, but you would have to do so much homework in order to make it funny. And it was Liz Cheney pulled over for speeding on her way to Utah. You see, see what I mean? You got to yeah, do, yeah. you got to do a little yes, bit of homework yes, on that. Yes, yes, you do a little bit of homework. Um, but, <laughs> um, I, uh, it's it's interesting. <laughs> You were reading from the Babylon Bee, and I'm re- I'm reading from thehill.com, and it's almost, well, it's kind of funny. It's not n- near as genius as they write over at Babylon Bee. But here's the headline from the Hill. Mike Pence says he hasn't made a decision on whether to get the COVID booster. <laughs> Why is that funny? But it's funny. I read it, and I was just... That is funny. That's hilarious. What it should be, the translation is, Mike Pence doesn't want to tell potential voters. Mike Pence doesn't want to take a position on vaccines. Right, right. right. Yeah, there's the direct translation. (laughs) And I think I did this one last week, the Jets file restraining order against Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I did. I did see another one. Uh, by the way, he was not on the field yesterday when, uh, the, when the Jets lost to the Cowboys. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. That was so. It was Jamel Hill, member from ESPN. She was one one of the people that started getting that one going. Mm. Colin Kaepernick is all ready to play for the Jets. Yeah, right. The Jets are like, we don't have an opening. Our quarterback is fine. It was another. I don't know if it was the Babylon Bee or someone else had it. It was like, uh, like <laughs> Kaepernick signs with the Jets, but the Jets don't know it. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that over the weekend. I'm like, wow, that was. <laughs> they keep pushing that. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. Well, no, it it really now is a Babylon Bee headline and nothing more. It's a joke to think that he's going to play again as a starting quarterback. Because if it's if it's that bad in the NFL, <laughs> that would mean that the NFL is in real trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, I just I was looking to see if there's any more, but but uh, Brett Favre would come out of retirement before. <laughs> Roger Staubach would come out of retirement before he got a starting position. Before Kaepernick hey, got a starting. Here's position. another story because they don't they don't explain this one. This one got to me over the weekend, and and we've we've talked about her before. Singer Marin Morse leaving country music blames Trump years. How do you leave country music? They never said, what does that mean? I'm leaving country music. I think it's the same as leaving Facebook. And then 10 minutes later, you post that you're back. 
and the, nobody missed you. The Grammy, uh, the Grammy winning singer songwriter, added that she resents music being used as a toxic weapon in the culture wars. Mm-hmm. Referring to Jason Aldean's hit song, Try That in the Small Town, which made waves with conservatives, Moore said people are streaming these songs out of spite. Out of spite? Okay. All right. Wow, I wonder what she would have thought if she was alive during the uh, the Vietnam War. Mm. Right, yeah. She continued, it's not out of true joy or love of the music. It's to own the libs. And that's not music. What music is intended is, is intended for. Music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed, the actual oppressed, and now it's being used as this really toxic weapon in the culture wars. What she's saying is, music should be only used for one side of the culture wars, because she just said music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed. Well, the oppressed are part of the culture wars, right. or the perceived oppressed. Because she's huge, she was throwing out about, you know, because we hit her last time mm-hmm. on the whole transgender movement, mm-hmm. where she is saying, if you're not for the transgender movement, you're misogynist. She is an intellectual lightweight. And by the way, I say that knowing that I've uh, an old friend of mine played guitar for her when she first started here because she's from the Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me, this goes back about eight years ago, he goes, watch it. She'll win an Emmy some or a Grammy someday. Mm-hmm. He goes, she'll she'll rise to the uh, the top. I don't know if she's risen to the top in in the actual music that she's put up. But well, you she's, can't you can't win a Grammy working at Home Depot. No. So, <clears throat> no, you can't. <laughs> but she goes, music is supposed. To, but what? So what she's really saying is, music is supposed to be used for what I believe in, not what you believe in. Yeah, I'm taking my toys and going home. I didn't see anybody crying over it. Maybe I missed that part. Yeah, I just, I don't know how you quit music. I mean, is, does that mean she's retiring? Is she not going to have a record deal? Will she not, will will she not, uh, is she retiring? Is she not going to do concerts? Or- is she, she going to change genres? Right. Is she going to go punk? Punk doesn't want you. No. Punk. <laughs> like there's punk out there. <laughs> well, in 2023, if you do uh, God Save the Queen, it means something totally different. <laughs> so. But how do you, I'm going to quit country music. Why? It, That's where, all. Where, where are you going? She admits. And why should we care? She admits that her music is promoting an agenda. Mm-hmm. She admits it, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want music of her style that promotes a different agenda. That's almost like you and I saying, "Well, you know something." You <laughs> say there's <laughs> there's liberal talk radio, not much of it. <laughs> there's liberal podcasts out there, and I don't like it. Because nobody should be talking about liberalism. So I'm going to quit my conservative talk show. I'm not going to live in a world that where people disagree with me. <laughs> what an intellectual lightweight. Or maybe Seriously. what she means is, you know, the entire base, the majority of the base for the entire genre 
is not on my side. Maybe I'm not welcome here. Maybe there's the translation. Dixie Chicks learned that the hard way. Well, but, you know, you just, you put out... With your, a, by the way, with a relatively but, mundane but comment. You, but you put out your, your... You don't have to go to the award shows. You don't have no. to play with other musicians that may not hold your political beliefs. No. But you could still have a career and promote what you believe. Mm-hmm. Why won't she do that? It Doesn't it sort of remind you a little bit? Remember after Trump, after uh, uh, Trump won... And the so-called, we found out they really weren't conservative talk show hosts, but they were, they promoted themselves as conservative. Now I think a couple of them ended up on MSNBC. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it got to be, it, it got to be too hot and, and, and there was too much anger. What do you think business you're in? Yeah. There were people calling to disagree with me. <laughs> People were angry. There was too much anger, and it was directed my way, and I never got into it for that. Well, what did you get into? What did, what did you think you got into? Yeah. <laughs> You're an actor or something on Married with Children? I right. mean, what did you? I mean, what? you this isn't a popularity <laughs> contest. When I saw that, leaving country music, how? Yeah, And it doesn't say, I haven't read one story that said how she's going to leave country music. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know where the demand has been for her music, because if there were a demand for her music, she probably wouldn't be going anywhere. When your fans are showing up all the time, the last thing you want to do is tell your fans, I'm leaving. I don't care what you guys think. And she's popular enough where she could play... You know, she could play arenas of a couple of thousand at least. Mm. And she doesn't need an opening act. Everybody could hold her beliefs. She can promote her beliefs and say, this is what my music is about. And she could have a fine career. While looking at all the others who are have an opposing view, fill stadiums. Yeah. That sound, it really sounds like a jealousy thing. She's She's pointing at all of these other artists that are you know, gaining popularity based on, you know, whatever it is, Jason Aldean. And, and they, you know, the left has been trying to shut these individuals down. And they haven't been well, canceled for a reason because their fans are showing up in droves. You got a guy without a record deal topping the billboard charts. <laughs> you know, it's it's not easy. To be an artist, you've got to be and consistently maintain a fan base of any size. It takes work. I love it. Music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed. But that's where the culture wars come in. Well, well, your definition of who the oppressed are. Well, and and you're saying it has to be the voice of the oppressed. No, it, no, doesn't. it isn't. It's five o'clock somewhere. That's not the oppressed. <laughs> that's the drunk. <laughs> No, it's it's the oppressed masses of the proletariat needing to let loose at five o'clock. Chattahoochee. That's not the oppressed. We're skiing in our blue jeans. Water skiing in blue jeans. 
with a beer in one hand. And it ain't a Bud Light. Islands in the stream. That doesn't sound very oppressive to me. Let's get physical. The song went to number one for weeks. <laughs> Let's not even get to Nugent's songs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, man. I... Well, Mr. Nugent, you, you wrote the song Wango Tango uh, clearly about <laughs> the oppressed. Is is could you explain? Is it is that a small nation? Where is it on the map? What is it? is this the what what plight are you supporting? <laughs> and, and and of course the illness, uh, cat scratch fever. We all know that uh, that that many have suffered. And 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 thank you for but, being a champion. But you know what she when she says music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed. Actually, most music is about love, mm-hmm. and love you is think, love. Yeah, love is. <laughs> she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She loves you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want. She loves you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. hold your hand. Yeah. If you want it, here it is. Da do 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 da 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 da. <laughs> Which is clearly about infants. <laughs> I mean, it's not about the oppressed. Wow. Sometimes it can be. Yes. If you be, if yeah. you want it to be. You can make your music about the oppressed. Nobody's stopping you. Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> I think I think you're right. It's jealousy. Yeah. There are other people right. that are doing better than her, and she doesn't like it. Right. You right. must like what I do. Right. And if you don't, I'm taking my guitar and going home. Right. Now, think about that. Back in the day, all these artists were out there going, Man, okay, we got to keep doing shows. Hey, what's the number one song on the charts? Da do 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 da 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 da. Okay, I guess we got to keep working. Well, when I really got into the Partridge family because of their theme of the oppressed. Yeah. Come on, get happy. That's the problem. Right now, it looks like everybody's getting happy <laughs> they're all getting happy because it's legal in way too many states it's happy feet yeah i did think that i don't know why but since we start on that narrative mm. probably 10 times over the weekend i went oh man everybody's high everybody's smoking <laughs> I'm reading the news i'm like everybody's and high. i support legalization to be clear <laughs> but i i side with governor moonbeam Everybody can't be high we all the time. We can't have everybody getting high all the time. Somebody has to do the work. What, what, what Sober. What would we do? Okay, if your last name ends in a Y, you can only get high on Tuesday and Friday. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Not even days. So we're going to have to do something. 866-90-RED-EYE. This owner-operator driver report is brought to you by Shell Rotella.
Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets, percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure, and pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay-per-mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. This report is brought to you by FPPF Fuel Power Max. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the uh, the show, we did mention it earlier to start the show, but the Chicago mayor now is considering creating city-owned grocery stores <laughs> All right. after Walmart and Whole Foods closed stores in the city because mm-hmm. they can't make a profit because of crime and other things. Well, and, of course, liberals don't care if your your money goes down the drain, so it's no surprise that they would come up with this idea you know, everything from public transportation and pretty much anything where they want to take your money and spend it. They don't care if it makes a profit, if it breaks even. They don't care at all. You know, this is virtue signaling at its worst. Let's go, Brandon. to listen again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com and he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara just reading this here New York Times story illegal immigration drives underground economy uh, that exploits migrants and illegal immigrants Hmm. illegal immigration to New York City over the last year and a half is driving exploitation in the workforce where border crossers and illegal uh, immigrants are preyed upon and swindled into jobs that leave them with few earnings. You see the picture of that the video of the train in Mexico heading mm-hmm. towards the U.S. border mm-hmm. with just, yeah, you know, I don't know how many 
people are on the train. Yeah, right. But it's almost it almost looks like, you know, the you you know the coal or the stone cars, mm-hmm. where then people mm-hmm. are just sitting in there all right, right, waving. You know, here we right. come to the uh, uh, the border. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what what else did you expect? Yeah, that's is going is going yeah. to happen. Well, that here. was the next after the. You know, massive caravans were coming to the border. Uh, now, I think there's a great concern of getting here be- between now and probably next summer, because the Democrats would likely try and pull something where they pretend like they're going to do something, where they put the brakes on everything. And that would be the fear of anybody wanting to come here. Well, election year is going to spell trouble. I need to get here before the before the cold weather hits. I need to get here before certainly before spring and the election season starts to ramp up because that could change things for me in trying to get in. And that's what you're going to see between mm-hmm. now and the end of the year. Uh, I did see where on social media yesterday, Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, mm-hmm. at the Bills game. And this was, she posted a video of her greeting fans and high fives and Mm. all that. Just a few. It was only like 10 seconds. Right. There weren't like a ton of fans. Right. Doing those like maybe two or three. One woman came by, you know, looked like a young woman. And, you know, I don't even know if she, she, these people might not even known who she was. Right. Yeah. You know, you when there's hundreds of people walking into us, you don't know who somebody is who's all dressed up. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, there she is, Kathy Hochul, go Bills. Yeah. You should now. She's from the area, mm. you know. She's the governor. She's in Albany, but she's from that area. Mm-hmm. She got on social media. I didn't see one positive comment. Mm. Yeah, and I went through a couple of hundred. It was yeah. absolutely brutal. Yeah. Who else is doing that? Somebody else has been doing that lately, and it's mm. just been. They've been putting up, was it's not Newsom. Oh, it's some of the liberals, been uh, politician. Yeah. And they just are getting black. Oh, I know who it is. Yeah, it's a, uh, it was uh, Mark uh, Polenkartz, who was the, remember when we talked about Western New York, mm. he is the one that allowed, you know, the migrants to come and stay there mm-hmm. and then had to back off on it. And he's doing the, he's doing the same thing, anything that's, happening i'm running again for county executive and everything is going great and we've got and he ju- i mean getting it's hammered. just getting hammered yeah well and and i'm like okay these are all these are all liberal enclaves right right and and the thing is if you see somebody on 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 twitter for the most part you're following them yeah and, and most of the time, the average person isn't following you if they hate you. Right. I mean, it's just. And I, I really, I don't know how big that's going to be in 2024. But it's not going away. I mean, you're, you know, you're reading. Um, here's this uh, article from Fox. Chicago's announcement this week that the Windy City is facing a $538 million budget deficit with a significant part of that attributable to the ongoing migrant crisis. Marks the latest instance of a sanctuary city 
paying a heavy financial cost for migrant arrivals. NBC uh, Chicago reported that at least $200 million stems from the cost of special project costs, including migrant care. The outlet reported that recent estimates suggest that the crisis is projected to cost more than $255 million by the end of the year. That's just the city. Chicago is a sanctuary city, meaning that it bars local and state law enforcement, cooperation with federal immigration enforcement. Such jurisdictions will typically be associated with a more welcoming attitude to those uh, in the country illegally uh, beyond the restriction on law enforcement. Chicago is a sanctuary city. The mayor's website uh, said this year, as such, we must always resist attempts to pit communities against each other and extend the sanctuary promise to everyone who needs it in our city. Now that, as you know, all these sanctuary cities have become, by their own definition, by their own standard, xenophobic. Yeah, right. Including Mayor Adams. And it's just, I mean, you just, there's so many things you just shake your head on. And I don't know what it was this weekend. Maybe because I was just, I was just, you know, I was was working out a lot and doing a lot of lawn work, so a lot of time to think. (laughs) That's not good on my off time to be analyzing and thinking. (laughs) I mean, whether it was, you know, the sanctuary, all the stuff with the sanctuary cities, you know, the the auto strike. And and part of it was the idiocy that I've seen on social media from especially the populace. Well, we could solve this if the CEOs just didn't get people are clueless as to what's going on in the automobile industry. They're completely clueless. There is so much ignorance on what's going on there. And it's plain to see what the automobile companies, you know, what they're they're looking going. We can't guarantee these kind of salaries. The government is forcing us to sell a product that we can't make a profit on. Well, and there's no way that the UAW doesn't know that. I mean, they they clearly know that, and that's why everybody, the analysis over the weekend continued, and it appears that the the UAW is just going for the Hail Mary here. Let's get all we can get while we can get it. And, you know, I get that, but the question is, are you concerned, is union leadership concerned about the long-term viability of that industry under the current mandates. They don't appear to be. They've been giving their money, the dues of the workers, to liberals for years. It was always going to result in this. Reading here from... Uh, Andrew Stutterford, the electric vehicle transition, Mm. just one battle in net zero's class conflict. It's hard to overstate the cost of this coerced EV transition. The Biden administration with California as its co-enforcer is mandating that EVs make up an increasing share of automaker sales, two-thirds by 2032. Uh, California and other progressive states plan to ban all new gas-powered cars, by 2035 but last year evs made up less than three percent of detroit automaker sales uh automakers are increasingly steering profits from their popular gas-powered pickups 
and SUVs into cranking up EV production and subsidizing their sales to meet the government mandates. They talk about, you know, GM, for example, $35 billion. Ford last year said it would invest $50 billion. Even with the Inflation Reduction Act's generous subsidies for battery production and for EV buyers, the companies can't accept the UAW demands without putting profitability at risk. Ford lost nearly 60000 on each EV it sold in 2023's first quarter. That's from the mm. Wall Street Journal, by the way, is what National Review is uh, is writing. We actually read that to you last week, or yeah, I think it was last week. The companies have already laid off thousands of salaried workers, including engineers, to finance the EV transition. Assembly line workers so far have been largely spared, but Mr. Fang knows that automakers will ultimately have to shut down union plants that produce gas-powered vehicles, as would happen to the Jeep Cherokee plant last December. To put it bluntly, the numbers don't add up. Of course. Automakers' profits are very likely to be consumed by the cost of the four switched to electric vehicles, and car workers' jobs are going to be consumed by the reality that it takes fewer of them to make EVs. If the big three are to be bribed or bullied into operating as if that reality can be dodged, then the job losses will, for a while, be more heavily concentrated among subcontractors, but that won't do the trick forever, especially if consumers do not buy EVs in the numbers that the central planners expect. And then, as I noted in a recent capital letter, the situation may be made worse by recession should one come and slower expected up, uh, uptake of EVs and then factor in what might happen in Europe if a wave of imported Chinese EV starts disrupting the auto markets there. Hmm. This is a class struggle that rarely speaks its name, but that does not mean it's not there just below the surface. There have been few political costs associated with the Democratic Party's addiction to throwing money at the green energy sector, but the prospect of a UAW strike might finally impose some. This is before the strike started. Mm. An ugly intra-coalition dispute would highlight traditional blue-collar labor's secondary role in a uh, party dominated by highly educated, well-heeled, culturally progressive Americans. The unions need to wise up. In Europe, there are signs that they are. Thousands of workers at Britain's biggest steel mill are facing redundancy under a taxpayer-funded net-zero plan. Um, Tata Steel will be given 500 million euros of taxpayer cash to fund its switch to net zero. The Indian conglomerate is expected to invest 1.25 billion euros, including 500 million of taxpayer money in retooling the site to produce greener steel which minister said will reduce the U.K.'s entire carbon emissions maybe by a percent and a half. Hmm. However, the new processes will require fewer jobs, and the steel will uh, plant will consult a restructuring that could lead to 3,000 redundancies. 
The U- union uh, describes the plans as a disgrace and vowed to fight them. The union secretary said it was a devastating blow for workers. And it's just they go on and on and on to all the different unions now in Europe and Great Britain starting to realize what the hell's going on. And as we said all along, <clears throat> to no debate, because you can't. Democrats wish to destroy the manufacturing base in the United States of America. Yep. And union jobs be damned. Yep. And they've had this thought process for a significant period of time, highlighted in 2008 when Obama promised to kill and bankrupt the coal industry and the coal miners union endorsed him. Yep. And look, it's it's been, I mean, in one week, it was Obama and oil jobs. It was Bernie and uh, trucking jobs. Trucking jobs, yeah. And Hillary was on coal. On coal. Remember, she had to bring the coal. They had to do a beer summit. A beer summit with the coal worker. The coal worker. I don't. I don't. I don't mean your job. Just, just everyone else you work with. (laughs) We can teach you to code. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. This uh, came from the the spectators. We just talk about EVs and and the the whole thing about you know the the union leadership, which uh, collected dues to pay their salaries to commit union suicide over the last couple of decades. Uh, we've eviscerated them for the longest uh, uh, time, and I believe justifiably so. This is from the Spectator in the UK, though, to show you that the unions are starting now to push back in Europe. Mm-hmm. Last week, there should have been a great victory for the British turbine industry. Uh, auctions were held for offshore wind power, asking companies to bid to, for the right to supply electricity at 44 euros per megawatt hour, a third of the price offered eight years ago. The government and the renewables lobby hope that a successful successful, uh, successful auction which showed that wind power could compete with fossil fuels. Instead, zero bids. Zero. Not yeah. one. Right? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. So, yeah, Eric, it was one of those, uh, you know, weekends where 
uh, again with and, and and I think probably it was uh, it for for me. I mean, economics I think is what drives me the the most. Economics and how it relates to politics is something that I'm just fascinated about. And uh, you know, you know, looking at the the whole UAW situation here, and that the UAW does you know. <laughs> They're furious at the Biden administration for all of this. Hmm. It's about time that they were furious at this, but you can't do it with EVs. And, you know, whether it's EVs, whether it's the grid, you know, these are about the things. These are about great jobs that have been traditionally great jobs uh, for, you know, the the last uh, 70 years in this country. Yeah. Uh, and the union jobs are going to be going away. We know that this president didn't care. The first thing he did day one was kill tens of thousands of union jobs for the symbolism that he was doing something for climate change, Mm -hmm. where even his own cabinet, by their own standards, said it wasn't the case. They didn't care. Symbolism, he'll kill jobs. And... You know, we know that the Democratic Party, we know what happened in in 2016. We also know what happened in 2020 and in, in 2022, where you have traditional working class people moving away from the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And probably now... If the American public is paying attention, you understand the situation going on. This is not a situation. And I know the populist liberals are trying to take advantage of what's going on by stating that this is happening because the CEOs are being paid much more than the average worker. And that's strong symbolism for them to use, even though it's completely incorrect about what's going on. And uh, you had Larry Summers, again, not a conservative, not a Republican, but an economic advisor and uh, uh, for uh, Biden uh, and uh, Treasury Secretary for, for Clinton, a lifelong Democrat who said his fear is that it's the end game. They're going for everything they can because they don't believe they're going to be around in a couple of years. The UAW feels that thousands, tens of thousands, and maybe even more of good union jobs will be gone because the insanity of mandating EVs when people don't want them. And it's just the thought, and, and I think one of the things, you know, you and I get furious about this. I don't know... I don't even I don't even sense yet that there's a fury that there is a real understanding even from the Republican rank and file. I mean the Republican voter how serious all this is. I don't sense an anger. If if you're going to be angry about the culture the the culture wars out there, I understand it. But the the insanity of the economic issues that are going on right now should bring as much or even more rage from Republicans, and it doesn't. You know, you and I have talked about the state of Texas. The Republicans in the state of Texas over the last decade should have been screaming 
about the federal subsidies and what was going on with wind and solar. Mm. We saw it. Mm -hmm. Instead, they were taking awards. Yeah. Yeah. It's and and I just I don't I view, you know, this weekend there was just whether it's a state of Texas or whatever, just so much politics being, you know, thrown out instead of a focus on the issues. And I know there can't be a focus on the issues all the time. And I know that at times I may get frustrated when others do not. But there's always been an underlying frustration over the last couple of decades with me as to where the Republican Party is going. But well, what I'm not hearing a consistent focus, and I don't mean every day. Yeah. Every single day, the Republicans should be going, it should be pounding the fact well, I, of, I, of, even, of what Democrats are doing even if they on energy. Doing, and Even if they were doing it once a week, I'd be happier yeah. than where we are now. And it seems like it comes up only if they're asked to talk about it. Well, sorry, but the main issues in this country aren't don't ask, don't tell. The main issues are promote every single day where you stand as a party because it seems they only want to talk about it if somebody else brings it up, if they're asked about it in an interview. Does this go back to, remember, Newt Gingrich 20, well, 18 years ago, mm. stating that Republicans need to get aboard the whole climate change train? Yeah. Because you can't beat it. He didn't say they were wrong. No. He said you just can't beat it because the narrative is too strong with people. Well, now that abstract concept is no different than Newt Gingrich held than Democrats hold today, which now the abstract's hitting against reality. But I still don't see the focus of the Republicans to pound on this each and every day because we're talking about our economic energy and uh, and national security. Mm -hmm. And you have the Democrats that are okay committing economic energy and national security suicide with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they don't give a damn whether jobs are lost, union or whatever. It doesn't matter to them. They wish to live in this delusional world that they can do what is scientifically impossible to do, scientifically and economically impossible to do, to the point where you and I get on the air every day and we're just like, this is absolute insanity. And I would expect if I could see half of that passion and fury and anger at where Democrats are leading us from the Republican leadership, but I'm not. No, no, it's uh, to, to, the, to the point where you and I've said about the whole thing with with uh, with Biden, that if Biden decides not to run for office, what do the Republicans have? There's nothing. What are they pounding each and every day? Not that the, 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 the Biden situation isn't important. It is. We've talked about it and torn it apart. And it's it's huge because it has to do with not only, you know, the the possible corruption of the presidency, but the two-tier system of justice, mm -hmm. the rot inside the FBI and our intelligence agencies, those are all important things. But equally important is the Democrats attempting to commit economic energy and national security suicide. And I don't hear a consistent 
every single day, every single week. Jeez, we, we might take once a month not responding to Democrats, but promoting the fact of what's going on with a consistent marketing campaign of the insanity of what Democrats are doing. Right. Because I don't sense the fury in the Republican voter. That's what it comes down to. For example, Trump should have been pounding on the insanity of where the federal government's going with union jobs and what the federal government is going on. You know, everything that's going on is the, this insanity is what Trump should be promoting. Well, everything right now from him should start with a two-tier justice system and weaponizing the DOJ against your political opponent. Well, you're actually getting that from him. You know, well, but no, I mean, it's, but it isn't, the problem is he's not, that should be, that should be the number one thing that he's repeating over and over again. And frankly, I'm not hearing that enough from him. He may be saying it during conversations. That should be his lead. That should be his new, we're going to build a wall. Well, I also think that he should be talking about the destruction of union jobs in this country by there, the left you can, and yeah, the destruction you can, of jobs in the grid and, you can include and everything, everything else. else I, but, I mean, if you if you look at it, he's not leading on the – none of the Republicans are. And that's my problem. They're not leading on this issue. And he's the poster child for the two-tier justice system. And that should be his lead every single time. Yeah, but I'm. I, if you're trying to get independence, that's not going to work. I don't know. Actually, I think that might work with independence. Well, I, I don't. Well, I, I guess I'm not. Can I'm, agree not to I'm not saying it shouldn't be but promoted. But, but weaponizing what, the DOJ is a big issue right now. When you talk about having FBI agents in parking lots at school board meetings, taking down their people's license okay plates. then you're talking about the two church system all of, of justice it. all of not it. with him all of but it. with but with because he's constantly talking well, about them coming after him and well, the two, because system of justice you're talking about the going after americans all of it. okay all, of it. all right okay because i can agree with that well the right. whole idea starts with him right. if My, they're going after right. him they'll come after you and we've been saying that for years and look they did they came after parents at school board meetings and these are the things right now that are so easy. In fact, you would have to keep me from talking about them. Right. And but but the whole point is Congress has held hearings on that. They've had the FBI agents there. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it more. What I'm saying is what they've completely abandoned the, the campaign. I'm they, talking about the campaign. Right, but what they've completely abandoned them and not pounded every single day is the economic energy and national and, and therefore national security sure. suicide absolutely you know they may not they may not have hit the two-tier system of justice as much as you might like but they've hit that a lot harder than anything to do with the economic insanity of I'm the talk, Democrats. i'm talking about running ads and and by the way in every state there's not a state where it doesn't resonate because you look at the juxtaposition of companies and people fleeing chicago and california and all these blue areas why because the liberals okay are okay with high crime but they're not okay with you going to a school board meeting 
I mean, these things are so easy to put together. Again, all you have to do is point. And I just, it, it just, and it makes me wonder, seriously, is everybody smoking weed? Well, you know, when, when we had, uh, was it last week or the week before? Oh, yeah, it was the week before when we had the 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 uh, the uh, entire concern that our we might have to have rolling blackouts in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. There should have the Republicans should have been ready with the campaign. Yep, this, this shouldn't what, be the case. They, you know, where we are a massive right. energy producing state is having to do this. And by the way, sorry that falls on Republicans in Texas yeah. as well, including and maybe in fact at the top of that list, the current governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. You're willing to stick your hand out for the awards and for government money coming in and that kind of investment. But the real investment needs to be in traditional, plentiful, cheap forms of energy. But every time this happens, and not I, I think on a consistent basis, we should talk about the insanity of it and of electric vehicles and the jobs being lost. And the Republican Party, uh, again, if they would put half as much energy and again... They should be going after Biden and they should be going after the two tier system of justice. But if you did half the promotion, I would like to see half. I'd like to see a fifth of the promotion on all the other issues because the economy is still one of the strongest things out there that the public cares about. Well, sure. And, and you know, there's the thing, too, is that because the whole two tier justice system and the fact that because for me, it goes beyond just one person getting or one group of people getting certain treatment and the others getting nothing. You have to include the economic impact on a city like uh, San Francisco or Chicago or any of these other areas, which, by the way, they're coming to your your metro areas as well. It doesn't matter where you live. If the, if the liberals have their say so, then defund the police is going to have an impact on whether or not you have a Walmart in your neighborhood. And that's where we are as a nation right now. That's a great point. You know, with it all the, ties with, in with the whole Chicago thing where the 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 government the, think about this. The government has destroyed by their policies the ability for private grocery stores to want to be in a particular section. Right. So government causes the problem mm-hmm. And then says the solution is government grocery stores in right, Chicago. Exactly. Good luck. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. I think Eric, for me, it's it's the you know the because of the 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 GM strike, and then you know the the union's realization, even the union leadership, that the Biden administration doesn't care about their jobs. That yeah. They don't care about you know they they just they really they they don't, and and then I for me it's just thinking that on every single issue out there, every major issue that we face, the public supports the Republicans. 
Yeah. But they won't yeah. vote Republican. Well, and here's the, the thing. And I mean, the vast you've got 70 to 75 percent of Americans on every single major yeah. issue that supports where the Republicans stand. And then the Republicans are, look at this poll a year and a half out. Trump is up by one on Biden. It's, and and they're bragging about it. It's it's a matter of bringing the issues because, you know, the walks like us, we'll sit around and we'll watch the hearings. We'll watch things. You know, most Americans don't. You've got to take these issues to the American people through campaigning. You've got to have ads ready. You've got to be. And by the way, these ads write themselves right now. You've got to take these issues to the American people and put it out there in front of them. you got to have all the digital Covered, absolutely covered. Here's what's going on. Here's what the Democrats are trying to do over and over and over again. There's, you don't have right now more stuff on your side as a party than the Republicans do at this moment. I've never seen it in the history of covering politics myself, which goes back now almost 40 years, because even when I was in non talk radio, I was still paying attention covering it. But in my lifetime, I have never seen a political party that has owned all the major issues like the Republicans do. Right. And it doesn't, you don't see, now hopefully we'll see it next year. We didn't see it last year. Right. We didn't no, see it in 2022. No. Uh, no. We saw it maybe a little bit in 2020. But you know, I remember reading, um, uh, what's her name in the Wall Street Journal? Uh, Peggy Noonan, and this is about eight months into the Biden administration where she said nothing works. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a perception that nothing works. Well, that perception is still there, but it's not just that anymore. It's the intensity of the fact that abstract has hit reality and it's affecting people every single day in their own economy in their own schools, with what their children are learning, uh, because you, because that's where the two-tier system of justice, as you've talked about, is affecting them, where they see that we're being told, we're being told now, what's going on right now? The states that are passing, you know, California, for example, you're not going to be able to know what your child's doing. Everybody else is, right. you won't. Well, that's part of the two-tier system of justice. Right. We're going to be telling you what exactly. to do, and that goes back to the and, FBI in the parking lots. Yep. Watching parents. And you have no place in your child's life. Forget yeah. the classroom. Yeah. You have no place in your child's life as a parent. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, that's that's what got to me over the weekend. It's a constant realization that for the first time in 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 my life, at least that I can remember, that the political party that I agree with the most, which is the Republican Party, has every single major issue, every single one, 
the Democrats are viewed. Think about this, and we'll, we'll go through point by point. Energy, the grid. You know, I've, I've seen them on where somebody will post and put, you know, windmill hmm, doesn't run during the day. Or actually, it doesn't run, uh, doesn't run if there's no wind. Solar, when there's no sun, there's no power. Mm-hmm. That's why we need other forms of energy. That's not hard. Most people understand that because they've got to charge their phone. Mm-hmm. That's easy to understand. You can explain it and then get into the insanity of what's going on. Electric vehicles. Well, you don't even have to instruct the public on it. That's why only 3% of what, you know, 3% of uh, of Detroit sales last year was on electric vehicles. Yeah. The public right. already knows that. They already know that it's crazy. All you have to do is take that and say, who can afford, who can afford a $70,000 car when Ford is losing? And I'll say it's a conservative media that's actually promoting it more than the poli- than the Republican politicians are when Ford lost 60000 I've seen that more in the Wall Street Journal and mm-hmm. National Review and Fox than anywhere else. I mean, they're promoting it. But what about, you know, where where are any Republicans on the bully pulpit consistently pounding that? Where's the unity on that every single day? Where's the marketing on it every single day? The border. I mean, it's pure insanity. Yeah. The, 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 the border, the border is secure. We all know it's not. Now that's one thing that we, that everybody has pounded on. Probably you don't have to do as much marketing on that one because the local newscasts are all over the place. You know, I told you that, um, uh, that uh, I follow on, uh, on YouTube. It seems like a real good guy. Doesn't seem like he's political at all. Uh, that cash Jordan who, mm-hmm. who, uh, and, and I love watching, <laughs> watching uh, people who live a completely different life than I do. And, you know, he basically uh, does videos of all apartments from $200 million, Mm. you know, or or condos that might cost $200 million or $20,000 a month to, you know, places that uh, you can get for three to 4,000 you know, which is about the cheapest you can get in New York City. Mm. But it's really interesting because he goes through all the neighborhoods and here's the apartment and here's how close it is. And I find it fascinating. He's done a bunch over the last month on crime, mm. just on crime. Right. And how bad it is. And 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 the migrant situation, crime in the migrant situation, talking to people on the, uh, the, the, the street. It's an issue out there. Sure. I mean, it's it's such a huge issue it's an issue in chicago mm-hmm. i mean republicans need to you know embrace every single day they need a war room yeah uh, you know they need a war room on um on things like the story when it came up a couple of days ago on the chicago mayor well we've driven all the retail outlets out of the city so we're thinking of having government grocery stores yeah, government oh, grocery stores i mean you just phrase it that way yeah. and you've got to win and here's the thing too in today's age, getting the message out couldn't be easier. How many methods do you have? How many platforms do no, you have you're available right. to you? No, you're right. And it you're doesn't, right. you know, look, you're not trying to turn Chicago red. <laughs> not the point. No. You're not trying to turn San Francisco red. What you're trying to do is demonstrate where the party is and what their so-called solutions are what they think and how they think 
It couldn't be easier. It's never been easier in our lifetime to do this and also do a blast across all platforms to reach as many people as you can. I understand getting into the demographic thing. We, we're we in advertising and have been for decades. I get that. And there's a time for that. But there's also a method when you're talking about who you're competing with and also who you're trying to reach. There are parents in these major blue cities that many of them have voted blue all their life, and they might continue to vote blue. But what's the difference? The difference is we're trying, we're, we're already seeing that crack in the ice. We're already seeing right now the crack in the very foundation of modern liberalism, especially with this new chaotic, over-the-top, extreme liberalism that says you don't get to say what your child is going to do any longer. All of these things you can hit home with. All you have to do in order to change hearts and minds, you first have to reach them. When I when I look at conservative media, though, at, at times I say, are you serious? I mean, uh, just reading this headline here, uh, Howard Kurtz just outright asked DeSantis about people saying he's stiff or doesn't have charisma. Hmm. Why the hell are you even bothering with stuff like that? Right. I mean, these are serious times with serious yeah. issues out there that are affecting people's lives each and every yeah. day. Right. You know, it's it's the and I that's just, you know, for example, just for that moment, Howard Kurtz. Why would you ask that question? I've never asked that question. I'd be asking, where do you stand on this issue? Where do you stand on this? The only the only place I would ask that and I would ask it in the context of if you're trying to get independence and independence seem to be so sensitive to people's personalities. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that your personality turns them on or off because it is said that you are stiff or don't have charisma? Do you believe that you lack that? And he's going to come back and go, I didn't lack it in California. So it would come out in California. I didn't have that in Florida. (laughs) I got, I got people across the board. So they don't seem to care Howard, but still the fact that Howard Kurtz, that was one of the, you know, you get a politician like DeSantis, who's had tremendous success in his state. There's a huge debate in Republicans, even though they favor Trump right now. They know that DeSantis is solid. And but in the media, even the conservative media, that's the thought on your mind. If you have a question to ask why he's stiff or doesn't have charisma, because if your point is. You can't attract independence. He can make the point. Yeah, I did in California. Excuse me. I don't. Sorry, Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in in uh, in in Florida, mm-hmm. he goes. I got minorities. I got independents. I got Democrats. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, that's a stupid question. That's how I would have responded. But it's just like the focus isn't there on the things that get you the win. And if the Trump distraction wasn't there. I still don't have confidence in the Republicans if there was. And I just use the Trump distraction because, you know, people, uh, the polls show independents won't vote for him and he can't win. So I'm saying, okay, fine, let's take the Trump distraction. He's not running. He's out of there. Would the Republicans still sell it right? I don't have confidence that they will. Well, if they can't sell it right when Biden hands them a full plate every day. 
then no, I, I don't yeah. have a confidence in any setting right now in the party of being able to sell any of it. Look, there are roughly a half a dozen massive, major, pivotal, I mean pivotal for this nation, issues right now on the table. These are things that I believe if we don't solve them as a nation, we never will. If we don't have the political will to address these and nip this, this is not in the bud, by the way. None of these are in the budding stage. But if we don't put a stop to these things now, if this generation doesn't say enough, then we never will. And if we don't, well, then the Republicans don't really have a future unless they're going to change the name of their party to Democrats. And how can you have a future as the uh, uh, border policy is affecting people every single day? They're right. screaming in New York. They're screaming in Chicago. They're screaming in in uh, Los Angeles. And we all know now the numbers in New York. Yeah. Less than 10% comes from Texas. Right. It's the Biden administration doing it yep. all right, and I know that's the number one top the what the number that's the number one political topic in New York. Mm. I'll be back again just very briefly this weekend. I guarantee it'll be the same thing, and I can tell I've been following it on social media just to make sure. And as I mentioned with Hochul and her social media post over the weekend, trying to be happy and oh these good things are happening and mm-hmm. oh because uh, she, she's from Western New York oh the Buffalo Bills are doing she wrote something. She was at the game, just got blasted, just mm-hmm. blasted. Yeah. And a lot of those people are Democrats. And it's like, it is ripe. It is ripe for Republicans on and on the things that matter, the issues that affect people, your economic security, your energy security, your ability to move around and, and have a vehicle and and do the things that, that uh, you want. Inflation is killing everybody. Everything, every liberal issue, every liberal major issue that affects our lives every single day have now encompassed everyone in America where they feel it. And it's not because politicians, uh, and this is something they should say in a consistent basis, it's not because politicians can't solve the problem. It's because liberalism has created the problems. And they should say things like, you pay, as we say, To those union members, you have been paying your union dues over the last couple of decades to your union leadership that has been attempting to commit and maybe succeeding now union suicide. Yeah, You have been paying, if you're a taxpayer, you've been paying your taxes in order to make your life harder. Well, I mean, and and you you take these little things and you can put them into slogans and you pound them day in and day out, and I just don't see it. Well, and it's you know it's especially frustrating. It is, and this was one of those when, weekends when you think about when you think about uh, spending power, when you think about inflation and where it is right now, and high interest rates. This is worse than. A recession that sees an uptick in unemployment. It is. Because where you are right now is 
I I don't know if my spending power is ever going to be the same, and I'm working harder than ever. I'm taking on two jobs only to be able to buy or provide the same amount of things. I'm working harder, and and there are no more hours in the day. I, I like that as a commercial. And that's it. As a political ad right it's there. Your, your spending, this is yes. because in a recession, if unemployment hits and you're one of those unfortunate people where you lose your job, you're laid off, there's always hope that, well, in six or eight months, I believe this will turn around. Either I will get a job or my industry will rebound or whatever it might be. I will get my spending power back. I know how to do that. Now it's, I don't know how to do this because the harder I work, the more expensive everything gets. And your spending power is being depleted. You're staying right there below the surface. It is a complete frustration because you're drowning in three inches of water and you're always under by that three inches. And those are the things right now that everybody is dealing with. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Did you see where the Senate to no longer enforce dress code for senators? The Fetterman rule. Oh, okay. Wear hoodies. All right. <laughs> We're giving up. Why should we even try? The U.S. Senate will no longer enforce a dress code for members in the Senate. Mm-hmm. However, others entering the chamber must comply with the dress code. Oh, really? Coats and ties for men, business attire for women. Mm-hmm. Tweeted uh, uh, Fox News's senior congressional correspondent, uh, Chad Pergram. Uh-huh. Uh, Chuck Schumer quietly sent the directive to the Senate Sergeant of Arms. News website Axios reported. The change allows Fetterman to continue to wear his hoodie inside. Glad to see that they're taking care of the business that we are concerned about. But if you visit the chamber, the upper chamber, you better have, a. if you're a guy, a suit and tie on, right? Yes. yes. If, you, yes. if you're an aide, you better, but not people of power. No. Just the lowly people who the have elite, no power. The elite sloppy rule. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on West. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. 
This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Now, I'm wondering if Chicago, because because the liberal politicians have ensured that retail outlets don't want to be in the city, and you've had uh, Walmart and uh, other stores, other grocery stores, uh, move out. The mayor has suggested government grocery stores. <laughs> now, if there's going to be government grocery stores, when Bernie Sanders visits, <laughs> is he going to be upset because there are too many choices of deodorant? No, because a government grocery store will only have one. <laughs> Manly, yes, but I can afford it, too. Man, that goes back. <laughs> so but I like Irish it, too. Spring? Yeah, I think Manly, so, yes, but I like but it, I too. But I like it, too. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, you can't have anything because the men are taking over. Uh, for, for, those, for those people who may not remember it, because uh, we here at Red Eye Radio do not live in the bubble of today. We realize there are other days <laughs> I'd rather in our live history. in the bubble of yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 the bubble of a few years ago is when Bernie Sanders said one of the problems with capitalism is too many choices. Uh-huh. Did he get that? That was a George Carlin bit, you know, one time. That we have too many choices. Y- yeah. And, it was a and Carlin that, bit. That I don't we remember. Have too much stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. We have too much stuff. Yeah. But Bernie Sanders said part of ca- the problem with capitalism is we have too many choices. And he went into a store mm-hmm. and there were, you know, 50 different types of deodorants. And uh, he said that we are uh, uh, wasting uh, capital and labor. Uh, and this is, shows the failure of capitalism because we we have too many choices of deodorant and there should only be a couple. Yeah. The government should designate apparently according to Bernie uh how many types of deodorant there are. Now the government's grocery store will only allow you to buy deodorant on Tuesdays if your name be, last name begins in a Y. Well, I have to ask a question. I'm sorry, we're not taking questions right now. Do communists stink? I mean, do they like do they wash? Do they have? To... Well, communism stinks. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now, Mister. <laughs> and another thing. Well, no, because we're always told that we shower too much. That we should only shower and wash. I'm never told that <laughs> once a once a week. I've never once been told that. <laughs> I, I've read I articles. Shower twice a day. I, I've read articles and on I've it. Never been told that. Oh no, I I know other people telling other people that. No one's specifically said it to me for some strange oh, oh, oh. reason. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm walking around. Do you think people shower too much? People are looking at me. No. No. I do not. 
because I was seeing that you shouldn't wash your clothes, only some clothes. I saw there was an article last week on that one, too. Uh, that there was that that we sh- you should only your socks and underwear yes after every time but and and a shirt if it's you know the, it's the shirt closest to your body but if you have if you're wearing layers the the shirt over the layer shirt should not be washed every time yeah i think people need to find something else to do other than give people advice as to when to okay, wash their clothes. Is. All right, here, here it is. This is from WebMD. All right. But for many people, two to three times a week is enough and may even be better to maintain good health. Mm-hmm. All right. Someone who spends hours in the hot sun working in the yard or running or biking will likely need to bathe more than someone who is cool and indoors. That was going to be my next comment. We live in Texas. If you were a character in Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Then we recommend showering as often as humanly possible. Yeah. This is like a Seinfeld episode. Remember Kramer in the shower? No. How long should you shower? It's my least favorite episode. (laughs) This salad is... I haven't had a salad since that episode. This this salad is delicious. I prepared it myself. In the shower. In the shower. What? Oh, Oh, yes. I prepared it as I bathed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. And he was dealing with a couple of germaphobes, right, at that point. Yeah. And, and uh, so they uh, they did not take it. But, um, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people don't need to shampoo. Uh, don't need to shampoo every day either. Mm. Two to three times a week. Oh, yeah. No, there was a whole movement around that. And it was called the no poo movement. And I'm not joking. Huh? Yeah. No shampooing. Oh. Only rinse your. Yeah, no, that was. Okay. Yeah, no, I got it wrong too for two months. And you know what? That was a horrible two months. That was the worst two months of my life. Without question. I think there was a Kramer episode on Seinfeld on that one too. I totally got it wrong. And you know what? I was so relieved when I was told the truth. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> now there are a lot of people that will tell you they'll say you know i don't want to i don't want i don't want the chemicals or whatever it mm-hmm. is you know that i totally get right um absolutely get it uh and and quite frankly i mean you know look as long as you're healthy you know i don't care how often you shampoo your hair now if you have a significant other they might <laughs> but i don't care well i'm just uh thinking if you live a normal life which they tell you i mean because this is web web md 
And by the yeah, way, we'll yeah. get back to the original story here. I know we 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 went off track a little yeah. bit, but oh, we have a lot of but, questions. But the, I mean, this is this is Web MD. But if you live a normal life, should you not be active and exercising every day? And if you exercise every day, then you have to shower every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I. And if you live in Texas during the summer and do yard work, it, you have to shower or just twice a day, or just walk <laughs> to your car and back. walk your gates exactly, <laughs> or just walk the garbage out to the curb, or just look outside. <laughs> this all this all got to be because of the. You know the government grocery stores that they're considering right in uh, in in Chicago, and so asking what would the rules and regulations be for a government grocery store? Since yeah. we're getting closer to Bernie Sanders Nirvana, we had to wonder whether there would only be one type of deodorant in the government grocery well, store, I mean, which then got us to uh, human beings and stinking. Well, because it, yes, and and we have a lot of concerns there. It, the next logical step for Mayor Brandon is is what? Well, because, all right, these would be also government employees that work there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, you're going to have to go through. Now you're going to have supply issues. Uh, so you're going to have to deal with the suppliers, right? Who are your suppliers going to be? I mean, you're going to call all the same companies that. And what if they don't want any shelf space on on your shelves because here's the thing too if you're doing this look it's not going to happen but you've got to walk this whole thing through right they proposed it we're only responding what, what they're what they're saying is because the private sector is abandoning these major blue cities then we're going to have to do something we're going to have to do government grocery stores now what all does that entail? Now, if you're a Walmart, it's a very serious bidding war to get your product on the shelf and from there to protect your shelf space. And do you get eye level? Not everybody gets that. Do you get foot level? Do you get very limited space? And then there's the, the whole thing of pricing. Because Walmart was is responsible for a lot of the air coming out of like cereal boxes in order to fit more stuff on trucks. They wanted to lower their shipping costs. The water that came out of liquid laundry detergent, that was all Walmart because they wanted to put more of those bottles on trucks. They wanted to reduce shipping costs. Which is why it's super concentrated. Which is why now it's super concentrated. And then they have this thing called OTIF, on time in full. And it means it's not just Walmart, but it's all these major retailers. But Walmart's the biggest. And they say that the shipper has to have it there, on time in full. Can't have a damaged box or some of the items damaged. On time means Wednesday at 1 p.m., not Tuesday, not even early, and certainly not Thursday. 
and you pay a fine to Walmart if you don't get it there on time in full because they want to make sure that their shelves are stocked for their customers. Tell me what level of government is going to go to that level. Well, they're not. So what does that mean? Your government grocery store, the shelves are going to be half full half the time. And they don't have the they don't have the means, they don't have the practice, the skill sets, or the motive in order to make it like an actual grocery store. That motive comes from profit. Plain and simple. Uh, and and so there, here's a headline. Chicago mayor considering creating city-owned grocery store after Walmart, Whole Foods, uh, closed stores in the city. Walmart also buys and gets, you know, they, it's cheaper because they buy massive amounts. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. for an entire country. Yep. You know, we're going to buy, you know, we're going to buy 50 types of deodorants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's 75 out there. The bidding starts now, and well, we're and we're and we're buying fifty million of each. Well, and <laughs> and those sellers, those vendors, all have to have a price point that fits not just Walmart and their and their uh, their brand, their mission statement, but also the price point for that particular neighborhood. So you can't have something. You're not going to see certain items at certain Walmart neighborhood grocery stores. It's going to be based on what that neighborhood, in terms of the price point and the demand, is wanting. There is no way to manage that on a government level. You can't do it because the one big thing that's missing is profit motive. You think you're doing it to be kind. The only thing you would do is screw it up to where people would walk in and it would look a lot like the Soviet Union. There would be very few things on those shelves because you're not going to be able to keep up with the private sector. How much would they have to subsidize these stores? Oh, my gosh. Because I can't the, even the, imagine. The, because they'd go in there. Can't even imagine. Their prices in order to break even. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Can guarantee would be higher. Yeah. You would immediately have all the activists say that everybody who works there must be local and there must be a, you know, living wage that is paid at that particular point. Well, which means that would cause the price point to be too high for the local community, which means then the city would have to subsidize groceries. We know where and, this is going. And how does Walmart mitigate that price point themselves? They make their own products, the Great Value brand, the Sam's brand, all of it. The store brand or, you know, generic brand as we used to call it. The store brands are huge. Target, now, Albertsons, Kroger, they all, they all do it. it. They yeah. all have their own brands. Great Value brand. They only, They have their own version in order to compete and to give people choices. Well, if you don't want to pay this for that, that's fine. Here's your choices. The government has no motive to get into that business, and they don't have the means. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. Due to safety concerns, many motor carriers have policies that limit or prohibit the use of cruise control. If your motor carrier does allow you to use cruise control, you should only use it in good driving conditions, during daylight hours, and on roads that have light traffic, few curves or hills, and a consistent speed limit. Never use cruise control when operating in adverse driving conditions, including wet, icy, or slippery roads, during rush hour in heavy traffic or on congested highways, at night, or when you're tired or fatigued. During all of these driving scenarios, you want to be controlling and adjusting your speed as you drive instead of having to suddenly brake if you encounter an obstacle. In the case of a slippery road surface, you want to be able to slow your vehicle by not accelerating instead of using the brakes whenever possible. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Carley. And when you think about a government grocery store that uh, is being proposed in Chicago because the private stores are moving out Mm -hmm. because they've been losing tens of millions of dollars uh, because of shoplifting. And so the mayor of Chicago has come up with the idea of a government grocery store. Think about this in a liberal city like this. Everything would have to be approved by a liberal board, could you have anything but free-range chicken and eggs? Would 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 meat be banned? Yeah. Would bad food be banned? Remember, it's the left. Sugar. That want, they want sugar. No, would no everything, sugary sodas. No sugary sodas, right, exactly. What would you sell in a government grocery store that is in an extremely liberal, well, you're not going to have a government grocery store in an extremely conservative <laughs> no, area no. to begin with. You can only have it. But when you actually think about, because that's the thing, when you actually think of all the scenarios that the left goes through right now for anything that they do, and then you talk about the competitive marketplace and grocery stores then you got to start talking about what would the choice be? What would the subsidies, what would be the annual subsidy that, you know, that the city would have to put in to keep these stores afloat? Well, you know, they do have a government solution in place right now. They could use it. It's called police work. <laughs> but no. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Just uh, during the break, they're reading the editorial uh, from the Chicago Tribune. Should the city of Chicago run its own grocery store? And I, the, it's too long to read the whole thing, but just a couple of things. 
uh, to read here. In the same week that Mayor Brandon Johnson announced the city of Chicago faced a $538 million budget gap over the next three years and that he doesn't plan to increase property taxes to close it, the new administration floated the idea of a city-owned grocery store in neighborhoods that lack access to fresh foods. The plan, popular among progressives, assumes that the city can succeed where private sector specialist retailers have set up shop and failed. The rhetoric in the announcement goes further than that. It implies that grocery chains are run by those who don't want to succeed in the neighborhoods that need them the most. This is nonsense. Still, Exhibit A in this theory is the Whole Food store in Englewood, which closed its doors in November. The store opened in 2016 to much media fanfare and bread breaking and a bread breaking ceremony in the parking lot. Excuse me, attended by then Mayor Rahm Emanuel, store officials, and community members. It came with the stated determination to feature such yummy local products as Jimmy's vegan cookies and Justice of the Pies and a roughly $11 million tax increment financing subsidy from the city that was used to prepare the square site before it was sold to the private developer. Emanuel was so proud of the store and the deal that he brokered, he brought in London's mayor, (laughs) who called it a win-win situation Uh and something for London to copy. The whole food uh, food store was an anchor. There were other uh, uh, stores, other tenants, also Starbucks and Nail Works, uh, with roughly a hundred employees at the whole food store. About thirty-five lived in Englewood. There was even an employee hired to do community outreach and an in-store meeting room for community groups to use. By twenty twenty-two, it was all bust. Whole Foods said very little as to why, trying to duck the public relations hit, but grocery trade publications analyzing the debacle homed in on the store's relatively small size. It was some 18,000 square feet, where many Whole Foods stores are about 50,000 square feet or more. And the perception of local residents was that it was too small to do a full shop as as well as being expensive and not truly from the community. In actuality, the Tribune reported that Whole Foods had reduced its prices on milk, bread, and eggs and some produce and sold them at far lower prices than elsewhere in the city. It still wasn't enough. What the city should have learned from the disaster was that traditional businesses are in danger of being taken over. In the case of Whole Foods, that took the form of Amazon in 2017. When the new owners come in, they don't look at what money has been given to fund the startup cost because those costs are already sunk, nor do they actually care about the ethical habits of the previous management. They only are about the ongoing profitability of the store or the lack thereof. Had Whole Foods been making money, it would have stayed. But that was not the case. Amazon was smart enough to try to mask the closure by also nixing a Lincoln Park Whole Foods at DePaul University that was being only used for pandemic-era delivery. But the bottom line, 
was the bottom line. And then they talked about afterwards uh, they had uh, the space uh, was bought up by Yellow Banana, a black-owned company with a supermarket chain named Save-A-Lot. They were not much interested in the niceties of 2016, and as a result, they were not exactly welcomed with open arms, with residents reportedly concerned about quality and freshness. Whole Foods was to upscale, save a lot, to downscale. And not enough people said that if you want a grocery store in your neighborhood, you have to support it with your business. Aldi appears to be the only one to have found the right niche, but that store with some branches in less affluent neighborhoods might now find itself competing with the city uh, itself. They start talking about all the stuff that we were about. If you're a government-owned grocery store in a liberal city, very liberal city, all the problems that uh, that you would uh, face. First off, a city-owned store would struggle with economics of scale, be open to the charge of unfair competition. Mm-hmm. Because if, you're su- if the government's going to subsidize you, grocery store, boom and face a mountain of politicized debate over how much it should be charging. Would such a food a store sell food at less than market price, potentially putting private stores out of business? Would it only sell expensive organic produce for health reasons? What about liability? Would it have their own label products Featuring the city's flag. How much would it pay its employees? Would it offer a city pension? Could it compete with the relatively high hourly wages at stores such as Costco? How much would it cost to operate? And would it be expected to pay its way? And to bring up a point a few the, that uh, a few in the current administration want to talk about would it suffer the same theft problem that contributed to Whole Foods exit? Would the police respond differently if it were a city-owned store? How would that go down with other businesses in the area with less clout? Well, and inevitably you're going to get to, wait a minute, I'm the taxpayer I pay for all this stuff. Why are you charging me for it? Because inevitably, you're trying to say, well, the city needs to provide this stuff for you. Well, yeah, but you're charging me for it. Why am I paying for it? They make a point here. We'd like to see an expansion of the city's farmer's markets, such Mm -hmm. as the highly successful weekly market in Logan Square, and we'd like to see the city trim the necessary regulations, make it easier for them to do so. Hmm. In in some, the administration should explore and focus on new partnerships with people who know what they are doing and do it well. Well, the first thing you can do is you can talk to the department that's in charge of, I don't know, enforcing crime and you can build a an entire new mission statement of enforcing the law it's not going to fix everything 
But it's a good start. When you set the tone that we're not going after criminals. Instead, we'd rather spend your taxpayer money on setting up a really crappy grocery store than actually do the job of enforcing the law through a department that has been around for hundreds of years. If you think about the idea of enforcing the law, it's nothing new. You know, I've been in uh, talk radio long enough to remember when urban areas were screaming that, look, we're taking care of the crime problem. Mm -hmm. You need to put stores in. And so Mm -hmm. the stores came. Yeah, right. Once they knew that law enforcement was there, they came in. But I remember in the late 80s, early 90s, how come there are no grocery stores? We need grocery stores. We don't need these stores charging extremely high prices. Mm -hmm. And so the stores came. Mm Mm-hmm. And there might have been some tax benefits, but they came. And then that's what, to me, is the most amazing. Is that there was only one conclusion with defund the police that was possible. There was only one conclusion with saying, we're not going to really go after shoplifters anymore. Yeah. There was only one result that could happen, and you're seeing it. And now they're trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a great point because I read a lot of what the Chicago Tribune editorial had, and we go back, as you just did, what about a good police force and an aggressiveness to stop shoplifting? Well, we can't do that. Did you see that that uh, some of the stores reopening that have closed in certain neighborhoods? They're doing a a test marketing thing. They're putting a police station in the store. Now it'll be a substation, mm-hmm. but a police presence the entire time the store is open. The mall near me has a substation. Mm-hmm. And And you you see the signs, police substation over here. And I think they put the signs in not to direct the police so they know where to go. But it shows that there's a police presence. And Walmart decided that that would be, all right, well, we, we could try something. And that's what they'll be doing. So I don't know. A greater police presence uh, to what extent? I mean, you know, what, what, what is it going to take to reverse all this? And you also have to have consideration for your shoppers, the ones that actually pay for their stuff, as to what they want their store to look like, the store that they patronize. You know, I don't know. I don't have the answers. Only time will tell how that's going to work out. But I find it really interesting that We've made it policy not to enforce shoplifting. 
But in order to discourage shoplifting, we're going to have police substations in the store. (laughs) Wasn't there already a built-in fix for this to begin with? And that would have been enforcing shoplifting, which would, I don't know. What do I know? You know, I I would like to see, for example, if you take, you know, uh, if you take uh, uh, Chicago, uh, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and you compared it to other cities that didn't defund the police. Now, a lot of cities are liberal, so they did cut back some. But has, for example, I think of the uh, uh, three store or the two stores near me. One would be a Target. One would be a Kroger. Yeah. I wonder if that what their shoplifting has gone up. And again, there is no defunding of the police in those areas, these suburban areas. I wonder if shoplifting has gone up there. I'd like to see. And you know you could get it from the companies. Sure. The companies would tell you store by store. Yeah. And region by region what it is. Right. But they don't want to do that because it would be bad publicity. Well, you can't possibly say. But what you do is, what was the what was the ter- term they were using? Loss prevention? No, 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 no. That, that one's been around for a long time. Um, but they had basically a decline in profits. <laughs> Profit declines in these stores... The Walmart CEO said it over well over a year ago. We don't have a choice. We can't afford to keep these stores open. They're not going to pay to keep stores open. There are no lost leaders, you know, an entire store of lost leaders. They don't do that in the chain. Every store, it's called same store sales. Same store sales have to go up. It has to be profitable on its own. The rest of the company is not going to support the one losing effort in that store. It's gone. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. And if you're in Chicago, what would the name of the government grocery store be? Because remember, all these things would have to be decided. And and you're deciding it by a committee, right? City council or whatever. Yeah. Because you probably would have to fund subsidies for it. There'd be fights about everything. Community organizers are getting together today to figure out what the name of the grocery stores are going to be. Just give it a number. <laughs> like public schools in New York. Just give it a number. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.